Hello, and welcome to the Bellingham Real Estate Podcast. I'm Paul Balzotti. I'm here with Hannah Jones. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you. And welcome back, I should say. Yeah. You're our first return broker, which is awesome. And today we're going to talk about the new accessory dwelling unit ADU laws that were just enacted. And just to kind of give everybody a little bit of a rundown, we did a podcast, episode six, you can check it out, where we ran through your story about you've obviously built an ADU. I shouldn't say obviously, but you have built an ADU. Uh-huh. And we also talked about the basics of ADUs and kind of how to how to build them and all that kind of stuff. So please check out that episode if you want to learn more about Hannah's story and more about um, just the general information on ADUs. But today, we are going to get right into this new law that enacted, which is a big deal. That's why I want to have you back on, right? So let's talk about it. So tell us what has gone on. Yes. So um, this new house bill that was passed at the state level uh, is all about improving the ability for jurisdictions and urban growth areas to allow ADUs on single family lots. There's a couple big changes on this bill, but some of the highlights include being able to build up to two ADUs, which up to this point, you can only build one on a single family lot and not requiring as much parking. So previously, you'd have to show two parking spots for the single family residence and then one parking spot for the ADU. Now, if you're within a transportation stop, public transportation within a half a mile, you don't have to provide parking at all. Uh, Let's see. One other big piece of the bill is jurisdictions can't limit the ADU to be less than 1,000 square feet, which now allows for two bedrooms in the ADU, whereas previously it was 800 square feet and less. The intent of this bill is we just don't seem to have enough housing in our area, and this is to help create infill in uh, growing urban areas in our cities to permit to um, allow more housing. And so... Backing up from there, so this law was enacted, I think, in April in yeah. Washington State. Uh-huh. But the big piece is like sometimes you hear of a lot being enacted, and yeah. then you then you go, okay, well, what does that really mean for us? Yeah. And the bigger news is is that the city of Bellingham has basically said just recently, yeah, it, it, it's a go. I mean, is yes. that correct, or is there anything yes. that the city of Bellingham is saying that? Is it 90% of it, 100% of it? I mean, because uh-huh. you were there. so Yes. Yeah, so um, the council voted um, a couple weeks ago, as of the filming of this, um, to adopt like 80% of this bill ahead of about a year and a half early than they had to. So this bill says during your next comprehensive re- review, you have to adopt everything in this bill. Um, and the council voted to adopt it early. Um, but the one thing in the bill they didn't adopt is owner occupancy. So that was another big piece of this bill that investors can build ADUs when they don't occupy the property. Up to this point, you had to occupy the single family residence or the ADU to get a permit for one. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it's just interesting the council has voted to adopt it early. They just really want to create opportunities for more housing in Bellingham at an earlier point. But it's controversial. People have very different opinions about this bill. Yeah. Some people are freaked out. They think, oh, no, there goes Columbia or South Hill or Edgemore. And this this applies to more than just us, by the way. This is Seattle. This is Bellevue. These are right. really large population, you know, populous areas. Um, 
But in my opinion, I don't think we're going to see a immediate everyone's applying for an ADU permit and all of a sudden we have fourplexes on every single family lot. This is the, it's still expensive to build an ADU. An example would be I was I was talking with someone yesterday who got a quote to build an ADU on their property. The cost was about 250000 but then they realized, oh, oh no, we have sewer issues and stormwater issues. We have some um, utility access troubles that bumped the cost up to 450000 um, and they had some bedrock issues as well, and it became impossible for them or unbudgeted. It just it didn't make sense for them to build one. I think that's going to happen a lot, where initially people are going to think, um, oh, we're going to have so many of these in our neighborhood, but then the reality is people don't really uh, have the flex to be able to do that. That being said, I, I will um, preface that with people have an enormous amount of equity right now mm-hmm. and easily access to HELOCs, home equity line of credits. I do think that we're set up in a way for people to be able to pull on their equity to build an ADU, but for, for some, it'll be more feasible than others. Well, it's, yeah, you, you just you just exactly kind of summarized the two points that I think are so important to make that one, this isn't going to be this crazy thing where all of a sudden we're just going to see massive infill and all that kind of stuff. And it's not going to, you know, in the next couple of years, change the the look and feel of any particular neighborhood, but it is a huge deal. So, I mean, you know, when, when people are moving here, you know, one of the things we always talk about is, you know, why is it expensive to live here? Why is it, you know, why is it, you know, cost prohibitive? And it's partially because the city of Bellingham makes it difficult to build, right? And it's expensive to build here. And it's still going to be expensive to build here. Like you said, you still have stormwater. You have different things that can come up and building permits and all those kind of things. But when you all of a sudden have just this massive opening for being able to develop within these lots, that's huge. And this is, this is again, this is for the, I mean, it's a Washington state law. Yes. So it affects, it's going to affect, be effective everywhere. But the city of Bellingham specifically, you know, moving forward endorsing this in, in, in a lot of ways right away. Um, you know, and you you hit on a couple things here. So you have when you brought up some of the and this is let's just and we're getting into the ramifications of this, right? And what we're thinking. So um to me it's 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 a it's a total positive, right? Is that is that your opinion too? Yes, I am biased. I do <laughs> I will say that I think that I think um additional dwelling units, ADUs are an amazing way to create infill in a city while also retaining the character and quality of of living conditions in a neighborhood. You don't have massive apartment buildings all of a sudden going up 100 plus units on these single family lots. You just have a couple of units that, yeah. that maintain that craftsman look in the neighborhood. Um, that being sa- said, this bill does mention limiting um, a plan review for, no, sorry, design review for the ADUs as well. So jurisdictions can't say, oh, well, that doesn't have the right kind of cedar shingles. Therefore, we don't want to permit you to do this ADU. They can't They can't do that necessarily yeah. anymore. Another piece is as well um, uh, limiting the permit fees, impact fees for ADUs as well. They can't be exorbitant. I, I don't remember the exact. Basically, they're limited on what they can charge for a permit, which just makes it more easy to build an ADU because... I mean, you could have a permit fee in Bellingham of twenty-five, well, thirty thousand just to build an ADU, just yeah. you know, just the permit. Um, so that has been preventative for people. So that we might see that reduced as well. Oh, well, I was just gonna say too. Yeah, I am biased. I, I am supportive of this because I think it creates a beautiful way for infill. 
a pe- there are a lot of people really nervous. This is going to just like all of our neighborhoods are going to become apartment buildings. That is not the intent of this bill. And so I was talking with Kathy Bell, who's a senior planner um, with the city, and she's working on the comprehensive re- review getting started. And um, the, yeah, the reality is it's, it's not going to be that. It's still, there's still a lot of limiting factors with ADUs, meaning like build area. Mm-hmm. You have to use the um, basic building standards still apply. So setbacks, 10 feet, five feet from the property line, um, um, access to utilities. There's still a lot of ramifications that limit the build area of an ADU. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because you just have a lot of developments where it just won't make sense. Like you just won't have the space to, you know, pull a car in or, or, or just, or place an actual, you know, eight, 900 square foot building, you know? So, um, but you know, you have, but you do have a lot of these alley access, you know, in the core neighborhood type properties, you have, um, other areas that are a little bit, maybe do have a little more property, um, in city limits where it clearly could have, um, a second home. And, um, and, you know, I, I look at it from the standpoint of everybody, it's it's interesting to me because I not that I don't empathize with people that are resistant to this or whatever because I understand exactly that concern. Ultimately, though, it's usually a lot of the same people who are who are not wanting this that are also, you know, on our Facebook page, you know, complaining about the prices of houses. Yes, and, yes. and it's like it's like well, you can't have it both ways because you know this is a truly a way to create more affordable ownership and not just well, I should say two things: affordable ownership. And just more affordable, just in general living, because it it, it basically you have two yeah. you have two 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 things happening. One, if you're a homeowner, and you're able to, I I have a client who who um, I think I, I don't know if I talked about this on the other podcast we did, but obviously you can talk about your experience where it's basically paying essentially paying your mortgage. Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> with your ADU. You know, I have um, a client who, um, she was you know a secretary for like a law office in town very you know um you know not not a super high salary job and she bought a home in kind of the cornwall park neighborhood and it was two homes it had a home and an adu small home and an adu she moved into the smaller home that basically the adu and rented you know the um the the ad or that the main house essentially is what she did yeah and um you know so she basically you know had this bigger mortgage but then most of it was paid for by by the ADU and and it was like it stretched her out on what she could qualify for on her mortgage but then she essentially was living cheaper than the rent and you know that is something that as these get developed and as people develop them they'll have this upfront cost with their equity line but if like if your equity line is 300,000 or or whatever and you're especially when rates come down if your rent that you get exceeds that then it's like your cost of living, your cost of ownership just went down. Yeah, yeah. And then on the flip side, it's like there's a lot of people who want to live in the city or live somewhere in city limits, and they don't want to be in an apartment, but they would love to be in. Especially, I love that it moved up to a thousand square feet because it's like, you know, they they maybe they didn't want to move into a 500 square foot little cottage, but maybe they would be happy with a detached thousand square foot home in yeah. the city limits, and they don't want to be in an apartment per se, and that. The, creating more rental housing options that lowers essentially yes. rent effect. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say it lowers rents, but it certainly puts pressure on rents continuing to increase if there's more availability because there's more development. 
So yeah, it's you know, all around. Basic supply and demand. Yeah. You create more supply and all of a sudden prices can't come down or level out or regulate. And that's what we need in Bellingham. We have a lot of people that want to live here. Yeah. <laughs> and so if we create more supply with ADUs, it'll really help regulate our housing market a little bit. Uh, one thing I just remembered, I, f- I forgot, that also applies to this bill, is the condominiumization oh, yeah. of single-family situations, which is a little, I'm a little bit, that's probably the one part of the bill I'm a little skeptical about, but I could see how it would be benefit, uh, beneficial. In Seattle, I think they've been doing this for a while. And um, what it is, is let's say you have a single-family home with an ADU or two ADUs um, up to this point, that is a single-family property that can be sold as a unit. Now you can condominiumize that complex. So you could say, okay, the, the ADU is valued at one amount. The single family house is valued at another. You can sell them independently. So all of a sudden you have a condo, um, two condo units on a lot or three or four potentially. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm biased as well with this bill. You mentioned like offsetting your mortgage. I just know that my personal financial tra- trajectory changed so dramatically when I had an ADU the income from it offsetting my mortgage. Um, And I think that there are so many people out there that could benefit, their their personal finances benefit from having an ADU. And that little extra rental income can just make you feel more comfortable with your mortgage payment. Plus, it's a little bit of a plan B. If you have a, a month that you just don't, I don't know, maybe you lost your job, maybe you have just had a financial stress, a medical bill, that ADU income can regulate your life in a way um, that just makes your finances form, feel more comfortable. Um, so yeah, I just I see so many benefits to ADUs. It creates supply. It gives another rental unit that's not an apartment building. It gives ownership and an investment opportunity for homeowners in a way that is practical. Um, and it creates just it just creates more housing that we need. Yeah, but. One other one other concern people have is is cars. Cars are a big concern, and this bill really limits parking, and what's required for parking. Um, and I would agree. Limits parking in the sense that it makes it easier to develop, whereas before, whereas before, you know, that was one of the big prohibitive things. Is like, okay, you don't have this extra parking area, so you can't, but you can't make this an ADU. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. that's what you're saying. It's been the prevent the one of the biggest preventative parts of ADU permitting has been that parking requirement right. that people just don't have the space on their lot to put another parking spot that's independent from their single family house. Uh, my bias with that is that I, from my experience in like Europe, um, in Europe you have way more people using public transportation and a lot more people that don't even own a vehicle. In the United States, we are highly dependent on cars. It's just the way our country has developed. We are a car country. But if we have more units, like, you know, you look at like the city of Seattle, way more people don't own cars in Seattle because public transportation is widely more widely used than it is in Bellingham. Even though we could have a problem with with more cars on the road in Bellingham, I think we'd also see an increase of people using public transportation, which from a um, a energy efficiency perspective, I have heard, don't know the stats, but I have heard <laughs> that when more people use public transportation, we have, we use less gas, we use less energy, like p- people walk more, they move more. Overall, this is, our society is healthier when people use public transportation. So hopefully we'd see a more movement of that as people consider not owning vehicles if they live in the city with an ADA. Yeah. And there's, there, we have a great, we have a, we have a culture of people that love biking and 
and I could see a, a, a decent percentage of the populace that would be wanting to rent a cottage in the core neighborhoods, mm, being yeah. somebody who also uses their bike a lot. So I think I, I think you're right. It wouldn't be as bad as, as people think, and, it, and it'll help um, improve the, or I, I sh should say um, encourage, you know, the use of public transportation and biking and things like that. But going back to um, the co two things I want to touch on, one is the condominization, um, the condomini the, the It's a hard word. <laughs> condo condominiumizing a, a property. Um, the reason why that's really huge is the ability to condominiumize these properties. It makes it much more cost efficient to be able to essentially develop your property because you don't have to go through the same permitting process. You don't have to go through the same planning process. So again, when we're mentioning all these things, the parking, the condominiumizing, all these things, it's basically eliminating red tape and eliminating um, regulation and and opening up the window to diff different ways that people can develop their property. So it's pretty amazing in that in that way. And then I also want to mention one other thing that we haven't really touched on, which is, you know, we have an aging population. You know, you have mm. baby boomers coming into yes. You know, and the ability to how many people because of this might be able to say, you know, instead of um, I can't afford, maybe they can't afford to, you know, or they don't have the room to live co like they don't, you know, cohabitat with their their um, with their elderly, mo yeah. elderly mother or, you know, mother-in-law or whatever parents. But they do want to develop this ADU for their parents, you know, to help take care of them or whatever, like a true. A, a true mother-in-law type of situation that just that extended family whatever that is maybe it's like that um that kid that came back from college and you know whatever it is i mean there's a lot of family benefit to this potentially too i think so much so um one one other financial benefit is um with the baby boomer generation we have this massive massive amount of wealth especially real estate wealth that's getting passed down now to the next generation and let's say here's a scenario where you have um, uh, the elderly parent is getting older, their house has a bunch of steps, and they also want to pass their equity down to their child, but their child doesn't want to own their home. It's too big. It's whatever. It's not where they want to live. Well, they could pull on their equity. They could build the ADU on their child's property, and all of a sudden their child's property increases in value, and that's one way to pass down wealth in a tax-free strategy, that's, basically. That's true. <laughs> that's like, so you can kind of go both ways. The kids might build it for the parents, or yes. the parents might build it on the their child yeah, to yeah. pass down the yeah. pass down their wealth. That's you know? awesome. There's a lot of ways. Um, just I just feel like ADUs allow give homeowners control, yeah. like a lot of control. Um, yeah, and I also think that people who build ADUs are are adding to the value of their property. They care about their property. There's a heart in it that yeah. apartment buildings just don't have. You know, people. Like, I want my ADU to be really nice and comfortable and welcoming. I don't want it to be a shabby, beat-up apartment, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's just, it's there's care and attention that come with this. And 1,000 square feet instead of 800, uh -huh. it means the functional utility of 1,000 square feet, you could either, if it's a one-bedroom, now you have, a, you could have a big kitchen, you could have a spacious living room, you could have a really nice primary suite, or you could do a, a true two-bedroom and still have pretty good functional utility. Yeah. So it also just makes a big difference in um, when you mention families and things like that. I think that that size has also been restrictive as far as like whether somebody feels like it's the space that they really need for tr two families or two whatever. So, so yeah, I mean, I think we could, we could 
talk all day about how much we love ADU. Yes. So, um, but uh, but if I, you don't like ADU, yeah. you can also tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I I think that we've covered kind of the basics of you know what's changing uh-huh. and some of the ramifications of that, which we think are generally mostly positive. And so, but if you have more questions, I want you to reach out to Hannah. She's obviously an expert. She's built one herself. She works with investors. She works with ADUs. She works with the whole gamut of residential real estate, and she's fabulous. So um, thank you for coming on again, Hannah. Thank you for listening or watching, you guys. Cheers. Yeah, thanks for joining us.